This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How you doing? Good. How are you? It's nice to be in Neomodern today. It is certainly nice to be here. Uh, it is uh, lovely outside. I feel weird in the window sometimes, like... You know, when I, was in, when I was in L.A. Uh, in the film business back in the 80s, mm-hmm. um, I was at a company called The Post Group, and we were a post-production facility. Mm-hmm. And so TV and movies would get made there, and we were a bunch of editors and stuff. And um, The Post Group did a deal with uh, Disney and MGM, and they built a post-production studio just like we had here, but mm-hmm. over at Disney World in oh. Florida, in Orlando. And it turned it into like what was regularly the work of the company. It was now a ride. So people would be on the other side of a glass wall and we would, you know, the post-production of the TV shows would be going on in here and people would just watch you making the shows. Like that was entertainment. Don't feed the animals. Don't feed, they don't tap on the glass. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feed them. Um, And that's how I feel here a little bit, which is, you know, we're just doing our thing and we're behind this glass wall and people are just going to like press their faces up against the wall. Yeah, see the sausage get made. Yeah, anyway. This is so exciting. We get a lot of buses here. We do. I did not realize how many buses stopped here. I would say every maybe 90 seconds. Wow, that's a lot of buses. It is a lot of buses. Where's everyone going? Probably home to or shopping or out to dinner. Maybe they're meeting friends. Honestly, oh, let's make, make up stories. That girl, <laughs> poor girl almost walked most into the runner. Would, most businesses would kill to have a bus drop off everyone at their front door every 90 seconds. This is true. And you're I know. I should really be more grateful. Yeah. Oh, I got a couple pictures I put up uh, the other day. Okay, which uh, ones? Well, there's some uh, Czech, Czechoslovakian modernists. That's what I've got here. Okay. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff up. There is a lot of Elliot Erwitt. Oh, I recognize that picture of the, the Munkazi, boys in the water. The Munkazi from the right. from the 30s. That's a great picture. But over here, there's three pictures in a row, um, and they are Czechoslovakian from the mid-century, you know, 50s and 60s. Um, Sodek is the one with the man with the baby, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And that then these other two. very modern. When was that taken? That was taken in, fuck. <laughs> Be right back. Hold on. B or B. 66. Really? 50. And how old were they when they took the pictures? <laughs> <laughs> God. Don't have those stats on everything. Um, so the Sodek is from 66. And the other ones are by this guy named, I can't say it, Zdenko Fefar. Okay. I'm, I'm probably destroying that name. Fefar is his. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd say you're very close. Uh, you, know. you know, if I write it out, it'll look about right. <laughs> um, and those were taken uh, around the same time, a little bit earlier. But they're just surreal. Like, the Czechs were doing modernism... Uh, that influenced a lot of the work that the California modernists were doing, like Ansel mm-hmm. Adams and Ed West and, and those guys. And when you look at these pictures, they're just, I mean, especially the one of Flax. 
It's a strange picture. It's just a shot of a field of flax, but it could be a close-up of bubbles in a liquid, or it could be, it, it could be, it's just kind of surreal, even though there's nothing really abstract about it. It's a wide shot of a field, but yeah. it looks so unusual in the way, of course, the detail and the way it's printed makes you sort of stare at it and try to figure out what it is yeah it almost really. looks like measles or something i mean from, from it's strange distance. i'll post that in the show notes yeah. you know a couple people have brought up how you know, the, the biggest question i get about our podcast yeah. is how do you do a podcast about photography like how do you do something audio to talk about something have, visual yeah yeah like it and don't you isn't that a pretty inferior way to have a conversation about photography what do you think about that like are we is this just not really the right medium for a show about uh, inspiring photography? Do you need to be watching video? Well, I guess what my personal take on, I guess, podcasts in general is I like conversations. Hmm. I like hearing um, what people say and how they engage and having having that be almost like a background channel. I feel like when I'm watching video, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be, you know, in a in a art exhibition or whatever, I feel like it demands so much of my focus that it's harder for me to commit the time because I do want to focus and I want to reserve that energy. But I think I like hearing, it's almost like, um, it's like a mystery, you know, I love hearing people describe things and then you get the the payoff of, Oh, that's what the picture looked like. Like, I think the show notes kind of make it, it's sort of this, um, this idea that you get to get the, the upfront, the contact context, the, um, the, you get like the opinions and then you get to make your own opinions later yeah. when you yeah. see the show notes. I love that. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, it's sort of the way I pay off that age thing in the, in the, in the telling a story right. where you don't know who you're talking about. Exactly. But the story hooks you and then it's like, who is that? Exactly. I want to know. And you're right. If you go to the show notes, they can listen in their car to a conversation about photography and they don't have to pay 100% attention. Right. Because it's just kind of people talking about photography. But if they heard something that sounded cool, mm-hmm. they go home and they pull up the show notes and they're yeah. like, I knew that picture would be cool. Yeah. Or, oh, that's But that doesn't look about? anything like I thought it would. Right. That's what I always feel is, I find is so interesting. It's like when you hear about something, my own imagination sort of takes over. And even if you were to describe it, like if you were to, the for faithful. example, let's do an exercise. Okay. Can you describe this one with like the bride and the groom and the man? Okay. Without saying like it's an Elliot Erwitt from Serbia or something like Didn't that. Didn't you just, is, is that really what it is? Did you just say it? That is Elliot Erwitt and it is, I think, Serbia. Well, you could still say that. I mean, most people, But that is I useless that. to everyone listening to this. No, very few people would know which, which Elliot Erwitt by, in Serbia okay, that was. Okay, so go. Well, it's... Um, and then I'll describe it. It's a couple sitting in a, some sort of space, like a waiting room, and they are clearly a bride and groom. She's in a bride's thing, and he's looking very groomy. And they're together, and they're both looking at the guy sitting next to them, and he's not looking at them. He's just thinking. He's got, he sort of has this unusual expression staring off into the distance, and you wonder... What's he thinking about and why are they looking at it? Like there's a, there is some sort of story there. You, you wonder where they could possibly be for that scene to be happening. And you kind of wonder what that guy's thinking about. And it's, you know, it's, it's nicely, it, it's sort of plainly composed. You know, it's not formally composed. You got cropped out someone on one side. And, 
but it's the guy on the left's sort of body posture when juxtaposed against the couple, the wedding couple, to their to his uh, side. I don't know. I love the picture, and I and I'm always staring at it, thinking about it. his expression. So what I see is I see like the, so the man on the left of the frame, who's like the gentleman that's kind of by himself. He is he's not close enough that he looks jovial and is part of the wedding party, but it's like they are in a government waiting room, like they're getting married. Um, they're getting married at the I don't know. The it must be a city c- hall or something. Yeah, it like must that. be city hall. And or he's something. kind of leaning back with this like confidence and belief in like. Like he's mid-story, like he's, his arm is, one arm is across his lap, one, one is near his mouth, and he's sort of like in the mid-story in my mind. And so the couple is sort of waiting for the punchline. Their body language is almost leaning away from him as if this story may be somewhat startling or, you know, surprising or horrific, who knows. <laughs> and then you see the woman just to her, the bride's, uh, the bride's left, so kind of at the far right of the frame, she's leaning in, like leaning on the arm of a chair, almost squeezing into the frame. She's barely cropped in. Uh-huh. And it's like she's really waiting to hear what is he's going to say next. That's the story <laughs> I've made up. Like he's, he's wow. telling this very amusing or bizarre story. They're slightly horrified, but also intrigued, and they can't wait to hear the next line. Wow, you have quite an imagination. <laughs> so, and this begs that question, um, does what really happened yeah. matter at all? I don't know. Like, is the context important? Would you need to read this shot was taken here and that guy is this someone and this is what was happening? I think it would ruin it because then if I could figure it out right away or if there was an answer, it wouldn't stick in my mind. It wouldn't be like one of those bugs, like, a, you know, a, what is it called? A song worm or whatever, where an ear, it's like a, when you get a song in your head, oh, yeah. they say it's because you can't remember all the lyrics. So it keeps, your mind keeps going back to it to try to remember the lyrics. But if you know the lyrics, then it rarely gets stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's totally true, but uh, I'm spreading that, that rumor up? now. I like that. Um, but it's almost like the same thing. If, if I could figure this out easily and if I knew the answer, I think I'd process it and move on to the next thing. But because I don't know the story and it looks so intriguing, my mind goes in and is like, it makes up a story. Well, people say you want your photos to tell a story. Yeah. But I'm not sure it matters. Uh, you just need to be able to insert your own story into yeah. what's going on. The enigma is kind of the fun part. Right. Right? Uh, maybe there's also that thing, you want incomplete information. You want incomplete information so you can project into it. Uh, it's why I, one of the reasons I like pictures that are anonymous subjects. Yeah. Because if it's an anonymous subject, if it's silhouetted or it's distant or it's a couple people walking on a beach then it's anybody. Yeah. It's you and your friend walking on the beach. It's it's that guy you saw that walk on the it's, so it's not mm-hmm. a picture of two people you know. If you knew them, it's different. But someone else can look at that picture and have their own experience of it, even though you haven't explained anything about it. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the uh, elemental parts of what I think is kind of great photography, mm-hmm. is when it's just on the edge of self-explanatory and enigmatic such that you can experience a story out of it that you and you I think that's cool you keep coming back to it because it's always a little what is that mm-hmm. but it's not abstract so far that you like I don't get it and it's just off-putting because yeah. I don't know what that thing is right like you that's, don't want to take the time to invest you're just like Meh, I don't get it done that's fun Ooh, okay well what about um should we do another one yeah let's pick another one this is kind of fun uh what about that one Okay, the picture. Lower left or lower right? Uh, lower left, and the picture happens to be by Perkle Jones, who's a photographer who lived in the Bay Area. Perkle Jones, by the way, let's just a small digression, was Ansel Adams's first assistant. 
So in the when Ansel Adams sort of uh, was starting to build his career, he would get sort of people to assistants, and they would he he would teach them what he, they needed to know. Gonna go look at that one. What year was that? Nineteen fifty-seven. Okay. Okay, um, so Perkle Jones did a lot of sort of um, social photography in Oakland and Berkeley in the during the unrest era. Like he was a mostly like a documentarian, and he was a, a great photographer. I love his photography, but this was you know he was also Ansel Adams' first assistant and um, the kind of the original printmaster. I like yeah. to think of like certainly for what we do at Neo Modern. Anyway, not the point. Mm -hmm. This particular picture, Cowboy, Arizona, mm -hmm. it's just a cowboy, and he's on. It's a, it's a cold, snowy day, and you can tell. It's hard to get pictures of snow, but the snow, and, and because the scene is all white, you don't really see all the snow, except where the cowboy is, and the snow is at a kind of angle in front of him, like where yeah. the dark horse and the dark cowboy are, you get all the snow. Yeah, it's like a 45 degree angle. Yeah, it's coming so at an angle. It's it must coming, be coming down hard. Yeah, so when his head is tilted down, um, to you can feel the wind and the cold yeah. and can really kind of imagine the cowboy's life out in Arizona on a snowy day. We also get the feeling, I mean, just the, the quality of the snow. I mean, they say Eskimos have like 50 words for snow, but the, just the quality of the snow, it looks like, this is not, you know, Utah. This is not Montana. This is not like falling into drifts. This is like the first snow. And you can see the ground cover that it's very flat, very sandy, right. very small vegetation. Yeah. And that it's barely being covered with the first blanketing. And it seems almost like it might have been a surprise because he also doesn't seem like he's dressed appropriately. Perhaps. He looks very cold. You see all the cattle in the back huddled it, together. It's also not that kind of snow drift beautiful snow no. where it's like oh we should go to the snow no it's sort of like oh, oh crap shit. it's snowing <laughs> and i'm cold and i got work to do exactly. and i'm underdressed and it's a very different kind of feeling about the snow yeah and what i like about this is too is that his he's so far to the left of the frame that it leaves so much in front of him like he just has so much more to do he has, he has so to far to go going yeah. and it's the day is not over by any means i wonder i mean I don't know anything about the context of that picture. Were right. they friends? Was he out documenting cowboys in Arizona, or like he and his? But he was on another horse, and he just like pulled his camera out and shot his friend. Like, right. there's so many ways you don't know what that is. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. I I love the picture. It is one of my favorite Burkle Jones photos, and we keep it up here a lot. If you guys hear this, we'll keep it up for the rest all of August. If you want to come by Neo Modern, and how do you spell it. his first name? Because I thought you were saying Purple. It's not Purple. Purple Jones. It's Perkle. Perkle. Perkle Jones. Huh. Interesting name. What is he named after? Do you the know? famous Perkle plant. <laughs> I don't know. A I, I, honestly, I have no idea. Also spelled differently. Perkle. I said he's named after a percolator, but I said also spelled differently. I'm not really a very good speller. Okay. So it probably would autocorrect that, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're know. idiots i don't know <laughs> this is like you're asking the wrong guy i um i like the purple jones <clears throat> wow so we did the Irwit and the purple is this our, our new show i don't know but i think one of the things that would be fun is i mean it's almost like you want someone to try to sketch it you know like what is okay. this that game you describe something and then they draw it <laughs> and then you show them the thing that you were describing and you see how far they are from yeah it's kind of like telephone, but <laughs> photograph. <not. laughs> 
Exactly. It's called photograph. photograph. We've invented a new game. <laughs> I will Actually, this would be a really fun party game. All right, we'll do one more. Okay, one more. Okay, one more. Okay. Let's do the John Gutman. Um, can you see it over here? No, I okay, can't. Okay, the, the photo um, t- taken in the late 30s is called Omen. Do you see it? Uh, yes, and it's very ominous. It's very ominous. It's And it's called Omen for a few reasons. I talked to uh, a woman who is sort of the curator of the Gutman collection. Do you see it? And there's a, a, a lot of things I like about this photograph. But to describe it, it's a vertical image. There are three airplanes flying through the middle of the frame, um, like World War II era kinds of little propeller planes. And on the ground, kind of below them, you just have the, a silhouette of four... Five. Five people, a small group of people watching, kind of, I guess, you're, they're from the back and it's just from the shoulders up and the sky is gray and ominous yeah and the planes are silhouetted also so there's not a lot of sort of detail in it and you feel it feels ominous it does it feels it feels smoky it feels like the the fog of war it feels it does like, feel like the fog of you war. are in a haze and you don't know if those are because you can't see what's on the planes, you only see that they're planes, and so and that they're flying in formation. You feel like are those enemy or are those friendly? You don't know, and you just see these five sets of shoulders looking up at the sky, feeling like this is this it, or did they make it home, or did only <laughs> some of them make it home? You know, like it's like you just is someone missing, or is this a invader? I don't know the story yeah. fully. I know a few things about it. I'm not sure I want to tell you yet. But I will say that... Um, it says the photographer was 29 when the picture was taken, which I find very interesting. Right. It does feel, I mean, that he was a war... Re- I don't know. Was he a war reporter? Okay, so here, here's what I can tell you. First of all, you know in this modern era with our smartphones and mm-hmm. everything, that picture would be in color. It would They would color correct it. It mm-hmm. would be brighter. It would like try to bring up details in the blacks. That's a kind of a traditional way one might process a picture. I think most people would throw that one out because it just wasn't very good picture of my friends down Mm -hmm. there looking at the planes flying by. And so I like this as a reminder of the range of image resolution, quality, and qualities that that is, I love the photograph and it doesn't have any of those attributes. It would be weeded out a dozen times by software and AI and maybe even photo editors. But if you spend time with that picture, of course, if you feel this ominous feeling about, I don't know what's happening here and it is kind of scary. So here's what I can tell you about the story. Gutman, uh, the photographer was a German in Germany and he left before world war two started and he traveled in the United States to sort of experience American culture mm-hmm. and his photographs uh, across the United States are fantastic in that way that an outsider can sometimes see things that mm-hmm. no one else can see. Or as um, Jerry Down said, you know, the fish can't see the water. Yeah. You know, interesting. And his pictures of new Orleans and Los Angeles and San Francisco are again, some, some of my favorite photographs of America, maybe even more than Robert Frank. Like I really like his pictures of America and what I was told was that he felt the coming of war in Germany. He felt that. And when he was over here, 
he saw something like this scene and he felt like this was an omen of the coming war. Ah, interesting. Um, that we should get ready for. Yeah. And in 1937 or three or what, what was mm-hmm. the year on the omen? Do you remember? Uh, I didn't see it. Oh, it's okay. Um, I think that it was before it was sort of fashionable, 1934. Yeah. So it's, you know, in the run-up to World War Two. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's exactly right. It's an omen. Well, it feels like it's been processed almost in smoke, haze, and mud. I mean, it is, it's kind of just like this, um, the color balance is all, it's, it's almost really neutral. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this, I think what's interesting, what we're saying about a lot of these pictures that really draw us in is there's this like beauty in the ambiguity. It's like ambiguity. Amber beauty? No, that doesn't work. Uh, but um, good, good try. I tried. I really tried. Good try. But there is maybe it's just beauty in the ambiguity, uh-huh. and that there's something there that it, I'm not certain. I don't know what the the story is, but I want my brain really is is pulled in to try to yeah. figure out what it is. Yeah, I like that. This is fun. So, is this the photo game episode? Well, it's instead of photo quotes, I like the photo game. Me too. Um, of oh, absolutely, of course. In our show notes, we will show these pictures. You yes. should see what we're talking about. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. I like the photo game. I, like I, the photo I can't game wait. Too. I can't wait to play more. I actually might play this at a dinner party. Oh, How fun yeah. would it be? And you have to like you have the information and the photo, and then you describe it, and then you everyone has to sketch it. Have to sketch. I was gonna say that they have to sort of like you have a bunch of photos they have to identify, but it's too easy then. Yeah. It's like obviously the one with the plane is yeah, that yeah. one. But if they had to draw it, yeah, that's kind of it's, it's it. like we'll, we'll, play, we'll play it our next dinner party. We'll play it, and um, and we should trademark that. All right, perfect. Well, let's wrap it up. So uh, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com/podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.